Yumadav Samar Zayin, two lines on the bottom of Samar Vav and Beis at the Mishnah. We saw yesterday that the, regarding the Sar Lazazel, the Ish Iti, the appointed and designated person, would go and escort the Sar Lazazel from the base of Midrash to the area outside Yushlan called the Tzuk, which was a tall and a steep mountain. Now, this mountain we'll see in the Gemara is either 12 mil or 10 mil away from Yushlan, and therefore it is certainly out of the Trum. However, the Ish Iti, as we saw yesterday, could definitely be Mechal Shabbos and Yom Kippur, number one on Durisis, as we saw yesterday. Say, there's no problem with me being doing Hitzah. And number two, over here, Benigayat Truman, Truman, according to most modern is only Drabonon, and therefore, for sure, there was no problem for the Ish Iti to walk that entire amount of space. And we begin our Mishnah. Mikir Yishlaim, from the Chashuv Yishlaim, and Rashi in Sukkah actually says that the wealthy people of Yishlaim, they would be Malab and they would escort the Ish Iti with the Sarim Shleich until the first booth. Now, there were booths set up all along the road, as we'll see in a moment, and therefore, there would be other Rashi says that Holchim Lagosham that would go and live there Lefneim Kapurim prior to him Kapurim Shem Malavin Oisem Sukkah Sukkah and then they would Malava this Ishiti from one Sukkah to the other Sukkah in order to escort him the entire amount of space. Now, even though as we said before the Ishiti has no problem of Tchumen, however, the people that Malava cannot go out of the Tchum Shabbos, and therefore it had to be that there were multiple booths in order that they could walk, but they only were allowed to walk an exact amount of the Tchum Shabbos. The Mishnah continues Esses Sukkahs. There were 10 sukkahs, there was 10 booths set up from the point of Yishlaim until they reached the area of the tzuk. Now, of course, the tzuk means this high, steep mountain, this cliff that they were going to throw the Sar Lazazel from. And we continue on Daf Samach Zayim and Al Tishim Ris, there were 90 ris from Yishlaim until the tzuk. If you want to know what a ris is, if there are seven half ris per every mill. Now, we know a mill is 2,000 amas, and that is the Tchum Shabbos. Now, according to this Mandarma, which we'll see in the Gemara Israel Meir, it comes out that there were 10 booths in a 12 mil area. So there was actually a total of 11 stops that the Ishiti would walk from the point of Yushlaim until they got to the Tzuk. So therefore it comes out that it was actually one mil from Yushlaim until the first Sukkah and every single time you went from one Sukkah to the next there was another mil until you got to the last one and from that Sukkah until the point of the Tzuk there actually comes out two mil. Now from that point you can't actually walk all the way until that Tzuk because it's out of your trum. And therefore what they would do is they would walk them halfway. They would walk him one mil, which was the end of the Tchum Shabbos, and then from there, they would watch him as he walked until the Tzuk, and then the Ishiti would go and perform the Avedah, or perform the Maisa of throwing the Sar off of the mountain. And the Mishra continues, Every single time that the Ishiti got to another hut, they would tell him, the people that were staying there, Friyantiv, would actually say to him, here is Muslim, here is some water, do you want to drink, and do you want to eat? And Rashi points out, not that he would actually eat, and this is what the Gemara says, but in the that's not similar someone that knows he has bread to eat to someone that doesn't know and he realizes that he's going to be fasting the entire time this gave him actually strength and the fortitude to continue walking along the road and then there was a levaya there was an escort from each sukkah to another sukkah of course it wasn't the same people because they couldn't go out of the Tchum Shabbos and that's why beforehand before Yantiv they would actually be living in these sukkahs for Yom Kippur except for the last one as we just explained before they were not actually get all the way to the Tzuk because as we said it was actually a two mil space from the last Tzuk until the Tzuk and therefore all they could walk was one mil or two thousand amas they would stand two thousand amas away from the 
Pesuk, from there, they would be able to see that the Ishiti would perform the Misa of throwing the Sar off Lazazel. Ma'ayoisa, what would the Ishiti do? He would split up a strip of red wool, of one half he would tie to a rock, and that half he would hold with him, and then the other strip of red wool he would actually tie between the two horns of the Sar. And he push it backwards, and then the Sar would tumble down and he would roll down the mountain, and wouldn't even get to half of the mountain space until it would already break up into pieces and each Ava would split apart. And then the Ishiti would come back and he would go back two more mil and we'd get to the last sukkah, the last hut, and that's where he would stay until the end of Yom Kippur. Now Rashi points out, Generally the din is that if someone goes out, but he went out, he had to do a mitzvah and therefore he had a right to go there. He can't go back. The only way he could go back is only up to the Trum Shabbos. He gets a new Trum Shabbos. From the point that he got to when he went to the Ishiti, they were matim because he's fasting and he's weak and therefore we wanted to make sure that he would be well protected in a sukkah. Now Rashi bothered so just make a sukkah at the point of the sukkah and let him sit there. So Rashi explains another reason that the Ishiti was nervous to stay by himself in the Midbar once it got dark and the mission ends off at one point the, the dinner of Thomas Begodim happened to Ishiti as we know when Rashi brings down it says that the person who takes the sorry outside will have a din that he becomes Tomei and his begotten become Tomei. Once he gets out of the Chaim of Yishlaim, he already becomes Tomei and his begotten become Tomei. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, however, says, it only happens once he pushes the animal off of the tzuk, off of the cliff. However, before that, his begotten are not Tomei and he's not Tomei either. Rameya says that there were 10 huts and there were 12 mil from the point of outside Yishlaim until they reached the tzuk. Now, that is going exactly like a Mishnah as we explain, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda, says Tesha Sukkos Vaser Milan. There were actually only ten mil from Yishlaim to the Tzuk, and there were only nine Sukkos in between. And the fear of Rabbi Huda would actually come out that there were equal amount of stops. There were actually only ten stops of fear of Rabbi Huda, and the Chashuvi Yishlaim would escort the Ishiti from Yishlaim until the first hut, and then the people that lived and stayed and were kind of shvisa in the, each hut were malavid the Ishiti from that hut until the next hut. And according to Rabbi Huda, from the last hut until they got to the mountain was actually only one mil, and therefore the person who was kind of shvisa within that last hut, which was the ninth hut, he could actually, or that group of people could actually be malava, the Ishiti, from that point, and get all the way to the mountain. So there's actually two points of contention between Ramea and Rabuda. According to Ramea, first of all, it was ten sukkahs and twelve mil. According to Rabuda, it was nine sukkahs and ten mil. And in addition, according to Ramea, as we said in the Mishnah, the actual people that were malava the Ishiti, they were not able to go all the way to the sukkah. They would have to stop a mil away and just watch the process. However, Quintra Buda comes out that the people that were escorting him from the last sukkah, they were able to walk all the way to the sukkah. Now, I in the top Tesis, he says, Rabbi Huda, I'm a Tesis sukkah, Vassar Milan. So Tesis brings the gears to that, according to Rabbi Huda, it wasn't nine sukkahs, but yes, firm, Sheesh ben Esa sukkahs, that there were actually ten sukkahs, according to Rabbi Huda, and Kane Lefizer, according to his Hachreno, he said, Medis Besuk, that the last one was actually by the mouth itself. Vishem, Shemchul, Shem, Shalech, Kadesh, Lee, Stark, Lachs of Yolan Shem. According to Rabbi Huda, is also arguing and saying that the actual Mishalech didn't walk back in order to go and stay by the last sukkah, he would actually say a sukkah actually by that point, and according to Rabbi Yudah, it would come out actually very nicely, because since there were actually people that were walking together with the Ishiti all the way to the sukkah, therefore he wouldn't be nervous to stay there at night, and there was no purpose of him walking back to the sukkah that was two mil away, like Rameya said, because according
point where it made, no one was staying there, and as Rashi said, he was going to be nervous to stay there once it gets dark. And the mission continues, Rabbi Yisrael, and Rabbi Yisrael says, Chamesh sukkahs v'asara mil, and there was actually 10 mil, and all you needed was 5 sukkahs, v'kula aliday air, because you did this through making an air of tchumen, and therefore, according to Rashi, the way we understand this, is from Yishlayim, until the first sukkah was only 1 mil, then you would be able to have 2 mil between the next 4 sukkahs, and the reason is because from the point of your first sukkah, the person was kind of shvisa right in between the area of the sukkah and the next sukkah, and therefore he could walk a total of two mil because the makam of shvisa is actually where he starts his tchum shabbos from, and therefore to the place where he starts, which is one mil away from Yishlayim, that's one side, and then he would be able to walk until the sukkah, which is another mil, and the same concept would work for the next three of the people that were standing in the sukkah, and then from the last sukkah until the sukkah was a total of one mil, and I am Bahrainim that explain why Rashi actually says from Yishlaim until the first sukkah and from the last sukkah until the tzuk was only one mil. The over there, we could have also said that it should be two mil. And the Gemara continues. Rabbi Yisrael Rabbi Yisrael says, Sakhli Allah my child Allah, who's Rabbi Allah, Rabbi Yisrael, he said, Imali de Erev, once you're telling me that you could use an Erev over here to minimize the amount of sukkahs, Yechalni Lassa, Filushte sukkahs, Vasar Milan, then I have a way to only make two sukkahs from Yishlaim until the tzuk, and you'll still be able to cover an area of ten milan. Now, how does that work? From Yishlaim until the first sukkah, you'll do four mil, and then from that sukkah until the next, next sukkah, you'll do another four mil, and then from the last sukkah until the sukkah, you'll have another two mil. And to quickly explain this, basically, if Reuven starts in Yishlaim and he walks two mil, because he can walk one mil based on his Tchum Shabbos, and, but his Tchum Shabbos will be in between the two mil, and therefore he can walk one mil each way, so he'll be Malava, the Ishiti for two mil. Now, Shimon, who's already staying in the sukkah, the entire Yom Kippur, he'll actually walk two mil towards Reuven, and then he'll go and be Malavid Ishiti from the point of the two mil marker and he'll bring them already into the sukkah. And then another person, let's call him Levi, will take over from that sukkah and he'll walk the Ishiti from that point of the sukkah, which was four mil away from Yishlaim, and he'll walk him another two mil. And of course, he can walk two mil because Levi was kind of Shvisa from the point of the sukkah one mile away, and therefore he could walk from that one mile marker another mile, which of course will get him to six miles. And then again, Yehuda will come out of the second sukkah and he'll walk two mil towards Levi and go and meet Levi and the Ishiti and he'll be able to walk him to the last sukkah to the second sukkah and then Yisachar will take over from that point and walk him already all the way to the tzuk and that he'll be able to do because he was kind of shvisa at mile marker 9 and we'll send along a diagram to understand this better now Rashi just points out that don't think that Rebbe Loza was actually arguing on his father but he was just trying to show Cheshbin that could also work out but of course he also understood that it's really impossible for everyone to synchronize exactly the timing and get there exactly at the right time to meet the Ishiti, and therefore this was not actually a practical way to do this. And the Gemara continues, who is the following Bryce going like? And Taisa points out that this is actually the end of the Bryce that we just mentioned, which had the Machlechus between Rabbi Rabbiuda and Rabbi Yasi, and it says over there, except for the last one who was escorting the Ishiti, they didn't actually reach all the way to the Tzuk, and he would stand far away, which was a mill away, and he would watch how he would perform the mice of throwing the Saralazazal. Command it is going like the Shitaramea that held that the space between Yishlaim and the Tzuk was 12 mil, and there were only 10 Tzukas. Now, I entices that he asked, why do we talk about this Brysa? Lechay, we should bring from our Mishnah and show that our Mishnah is going like Ramea, because these same words are found in our Mishnah, I entices. And the Gemara continues, I'll call Sukkah Vesukkah, I'm Loi Harim Mazav, Harim Tana, as we learned in the Mishnah, no Ishiti actually had to eat or drink, and they didn't have to break the fast. Elish, 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 El
Kali. But it's not similar. Someone that can have the possibility to eat and someone that can't have the possibility to eat, of course, it's easier. And therefore, since he's fasting, they want to make sure that he have the strength and kayak to continue. And we continue with the Gemara Maya. Asa, what would he do? He would split the strip of red wool in half. If you're trying to have a part of the string next to you in order that you should see that it turns from red to white, so why not tie the string on the seller completely? The Gemara says, Keep in the midst of the sar, since there's a mitzvah with the sar, Dilma Kadim Malbin or Mesvidaita. Maybe at some point before he actually throws the sar off, maybe it would turn from red to white, and he'd feel that the Yid already got kapara, and therefore he actually would not throw the sar la'azazel, and therefore we made sure that he would have to actually tie it on the rock, then he would actually tie it to the sar, and while he's tying it to the sar, even if he sees that it turns white, but since he's busy with the sar anyway, he would remember to throw it off la'azazel. In fact, tomorrow, why don't you just tie the entire red string between its horns, because you have to anyway throw it down. So the Gemara says, because sometimes the sar will bend its head when it's thrown down, and will get in a certain position, you wouldn't be able to see the red string anymore, and therefore he wouldn't know what happened. Originally what they would do is they would actually tie a red string around the Pesach Ulam on the outside and this way everyone could see what happened. Hilbin, when it got white, everyone was very happy. Hilbin, when it didn't turn from red to white, people would be depressed and they would be embarrassed and therefore it would ruin their Simchas Yantiv. On Yom Kippur you still have to be Besimcha. Therefore that they should tie this red string on the inside of the ulam. But that in Hilbin, people would still look in and they would see it. Hilbin, when it got white, they should actually tie this red string half of it on a rack and half of it between its horns. At the point that the sar got to the midbar, became white. And then they all knew that the mitzvah of the sar mishlech was performed, and therefore, once that happened, the kohen gadol could continue in the base of to perform the rest of the And how do you know it became white? As it says in the Pasukim, even if your various will be red, they'll become white like snow. The Gemara continues, it didn't reach to half of the mountain and already be broken apart. At this point, when the Avarim already broken apart, and therefore you yoytze the whole concept of Sarah Hashem Mishleach, what would be not? Now we know by regular Kachim the din is, once you do all the Avaitis of Kachim, there's a din that goes out of the din Me'ilah and it would be Mutabana. But what would be the din over here? So Rav Shmuel, there's Machlegis between Rav Shmuel. Chadam one says Mutarim, Chadam Asurim. Now, what's the base of Machlegis? Mandam and Mutarim. According to Mandam, it says that they were Mutabana, and we turned to Samach Zayin on the base. The Chsiv Bamidbar. It says in the pasuk, Veshila Chasasar Bamidbar. And like Rashi said, the Lashon Bamidbar is she Hefka Kamidbar. That this should be Hefka just like a Midbar, and therefore it could be used by anyone. And Rashi also explains because there's a Kerari Sera. First of all, it says Bamidbar multiple times in these Pesukim, and number two, it already says that like Zera, the word Zera generally means an uninhabited land, which means something like a midbar, and therefore, by the fact it says by midbar, we dash on is that it means kehefka. Umanda masur, and according to Mandam, it says it's also dechsiv, as it says in the pasuk zera. And just like we said before, that the word by midbar is extra. This Mandam holds that actually the word zera is extra because you could have just said by midbar. By the fact that it says zera, it's uninhabited. We knew that from the word by midbar, and therefore we learned the lashon zera. Rashi says is a lashon of chumrah and isra. That this thing is still going to be also, even though you performed all of its mitzvahs. And the gemara is umanda masur, and according to Mandam, it says it's also high midbar mayabdle. What does he do with the extra word midbar? He needs the word by midbar for the following brisa. It says three times the word midbar, and they're all extra. It says habidbara, habidbara by midbar, and therefore the rabbis teach us that not only was the din of the sar mishleach applicable to the mishkan in the midbar, 
but it's also applicable to Navi given Shilai Ubeisilamim to all the Mishkan and Navi given to the Mishkan and Shilai, as well as to the Beis Migdash and Beis Rishon, as well as in Beis Sheni. V'idah according to the Mandarim says it's Mutabana because he learned how from the word Bamidba. Hagzir my Avodle. What does he do with the Lashon Gzir, which seems extra? Mibayilichitani. He needs it for the following Brisa Gzira and Gzira El Chatucha. It teaches us that the Sar Mishleach is thrown off a very sharp and a steep cliff. Another chat and Gzira El Davam is Gazavirin that it's actually not going on the cliff, but it's going on the Sar, and the Sar is something which is cut up while it's falling down, and therefore gets completely cut up. You might think that it's something which is an empty Misa, you're not putting on the Mizbech, and still somehow it's giving Kaparat, therefore the Pasuk says, later on in Pasha Achim Misa, and it's not actually talking about the Misa of Kippur, but it uses Lashon of Chuk over there, and we know the whole Misa of Kippur, and for sure the Misa of the Sar Mishleach is a Chayk, and it says over there, Ani Hashem, when we learn out, Ani Hashem I am Hashem that made this Gzira and you don't have Rishos to think about them and therefore the Lashon Gzira comes from the Lashon of Decree Amurav Rav says Mistava Commander Amur Mutarin it's Mistava like Commander when it says that these pieces are going to be Mutabad Noah because Loi Mutari Shalach let the call it's impossible that Terry will tell you to go and throw the Sar Lazazel and it'll come out of the call as Rash says because people might find it and be Menena Shaliyadu Shuhmin Asar because people wouldn't realize that this was from the Sar Lazazel Tanar Abadim we learned Azazel Shaliyadu Bekasha that the Lashon of Azazel comes from the Lashon of Az, which means strong, and the Lashon of El, which means something which is very rugged. The Gemara continues, Yachob Yishav, you would think that you do it in a settled area, but it has to be in Midbah. Uminayin Shabbatzuk, how do you know it has to be on a steep cliff? Tamalay Megzera, and like we said before, it's a Lashon Chatucha. Tanya Idak, we learned another Brisa, Azazel Kashish Baram, Azazel Lashon, one of the most rugged of the mountains. V'cheno Oyim, it says the Pasuk, Ves Eilei Arz Lakach, Benigeda Oves, it says, that he calls them the Eilei Arz, the strong ones of the earth. We learned in Yeshiva Rabbi Shmuel, Azazel, Lashem Azazel comes from Shemachapa because it's coming for Kapara, Amaisa Uzabazal, even for a person that was Ivan Gilirayas. Now Rashi says, how do you know this? Because Uzabazal, when Malachi Chavala, they were with Malachim, she yard Lars that they came down to the world, be made Nama. Who was the wife of Noach? Achais Tuvakain, the sister of Tuvakain. But Leim Nema, and then it says, "Ve'yiru b'nei Elokim as b'nei Adam." That the children of Akash Baruch Hu, which means the Malachim, they came to b'nei Adam. And the pasuk says, "Kitayvishein ve'yikulam nashim mikalashem b'charu." And then they took women and they were mizana with these human beings. And therefore, Rashi says, "Klim al arayis mechapa." That the Azazel is actually going to be coming to mechapa even on arayis. And the Gemara continues to turn around. We learned as mishpatei tasu. The pasuk says, and this is the pasuk like we brought down before from Achri Mois and. This is in Parakid Ches, and it says, it's Mishpatei Tasev, it's Chukaisei Tishmeru, L'lech Zbem, Ani Hashem Alekechem. So our Gemara says, Dvarim Shil Mali Nichtvu, that these things are referring to the mitzvahs, that even if they wouldn't be said in the Torah, Dinu Shichtvu, it would be a Svar to write them, Ve'eluhein, and this is what it's referring to, Avedit Kichavim, Avedizar, Gila Reis, Ushvichas Damim, Ve'gezel, Ubechaz Hashem. All these things, even if the Torah didn't say them, Be'echaz Hashem, of course, is talking about Kursim HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we would understand to make such a rule. And then when it says, it's Chukaisei Tishmeru, that the Chukim of HaKadosh Baruch and Rash says, Chukim is from a Lashon, She'ein al-Xeris Melech, it's something which is Xeris, like it says, Ve'yisima l'chaik, or it says, Ve'yasama isa Yosef l'chaik, so these are things that are non eslay from your own Svara, and the Advarim Shasatim Meshulam, these are things that the Satan could actually respond to, Ve'eluhein, and we're referring to Achilles Chazer, eating of Chazer, Levisha Shatnas, wearing Shatnas, Ve'chalitza Yavama, doing Chalitza, Ve'tayrus Mitzorah, and the whole Tyre Prasa of Mitzorah, Ve'sar Mishlech, and also Sar Mishlech of our Gemara, Ve'shem Atayim and Maisa Tayyoleim, as we said before, maybe you can say all these things are 
are things that have no real value and it's impossible the Torah says to do them so therefore it doesn't make sense I made a chayk and you have no rishos to go against them as the Pesach says and we had a machlekes in our Mishnah the Tanakhama says is once you go out of the Chaim Yishlaim you already become Tommy and you become Tommy Reb Shimon arguing and said it's only from the point when the Ishiti pushes the Sarah off the Tzuk off of the mountain then he becomes Tommy and has become become Tommy so the person who's throwing it off of the mountain the Ishiti he becomes Tommy and has become Tommy however the people who malava the Ishiti from booth to booth they do not become Tommy and the Begadim do not become Tommy maybe you think that the moment that the Ishiti goes out of the base of Migdash that's when he becomes Tommy it has to be that he already started to take it outside you might think it has to be that he gets already to the mountain once he starts going he becomes Tommy and therefore it has to be that he's already out of Yushlayim okay and therefore what point is it as we said these are the words of which is the Tanakam of our Mishnah says and this is a third sheet that we actually didn't have our Mishnah the Pasuk says Azazel and then it says right afterwards and therefore we learn that the only time they have a din to go and wash your clothing and you become Tommy is only once you reach the area of Azazel and you reach the mountain and Reb Shimon Reb Shimon says the Pasuk says that the one that sends the star Azazel then he washes his clothing the only time you are is only once you threw it off the tuk, as Rashi says he's pushing off and throwing it off that's the Lashem of Shiluach and we continue with the new Mishnah now the Kohen Gadol once he knows the Sar Azazel was taken care of then the Kohen Gadol goes to the Par and his Sar which are going to eventually be burnt they're called the Par and Sar Hanistrafen Karin he rips them apart and he pulls out all the Emurim which are the parts that the Kohen Gadol will be makriv on his back Nostrum Megas he places all the Emurim into a bowl and then he takes the bowl up onto his back and then he's makked all the parts on top of his back and the Gemara will actually is that how can we say now is the time that he was maxed on his back? This actually didn't happen until much later. And the Mishnah continues, Then he took the carcass of these animals that now just had a rip in it where they pulled out a murum which were placed onto the Mizbech. And this point, the Kohen Gadol would not do it as it says the Lush and Rabbim that they would now take these carcasses and braid it on posts. And we'll see what that means in a moment in Rashi. And then they would take it out to the base of Shreifer, which was a Mokim outside of Yushlaim. In that place, they would actually burn the actual carcasses. And Rashi says, like they were braiding it, they had four people, that they would carry two poles, two in front, and two in the back. And they were resting one on top of the other, and they were braided together, and they were tired on it. And they were actually a complete animal, just their stomach was ripped open, to take out the emurin. And just to keep in mind, the Yushalmi actually has a guess over here, not Kolobimaklois, that they braided them together, but columbimaklis, that they braided them onto posts. And the mission continues. Now we know the Pasuk says, the ones that were Isaac in the Srefa of the power and the Sar of Yom Kippur that went out in order to be burned, the din is that they become Tommy and their begotten become Tommy. So the Mishnah at what point did their begotten become Tommy? Once the Kahanim walk outside the walls of the Azara, at that point they already become Tommy. Once again, comes up with a more kal de kashita. He says it's a much later point, and he says it's only from the point Mishyatsa Obruban, only once the fire catches on to most of the limbs of the animal, and we will stop over here. When we will stop over here.